Hey there, thanks for joining us here at Compass Church, where we are making God accessible to everyone. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, head over to our website, compassbn.com. We hope this inspires you and gives you practical ways to live out your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, we made it. We are in the final week of our Beatitudes message series. And if you've been with Compass since the beginning of the year, you know that everything we're doing is oriented around this one question. How can I live like Jesus lived, think like he thought, and do what he taught? And we, we believe that if we get this right, that we get everything right. And so part of this journey that we're taking is that we are working our way through the book of Matthew every week. And today, that journey brings us to the final line in a section of the New Testament that we call the Beatitudes. So if you are unfamiliar with the Beatitudes, um, basically what it is, it's a list of statements that Jesus makes at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's, it's the statements where he says, blessed are the poor, blessed are the humble, uh, the pure in heart. His intention uh, in giving us this list, it isn't just to give us a list of these qualities to shoot for. It's really more of a list describing the people who will make up his kingdom. Meaning that if you look into Jesus's kingdom as he sees it, these are the types of people who you're gonna find. This is what, according to him, his followers are gonna look like. And today we find us in the interesting verse of Matthew 5, 10 through 12, and this is what it says. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you because you are my followers. Be happy about it, be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. It's an interesting one. This is actually the longest of the Beatitudes. It has the most content in it. Jesus says the most about this specific one. And he says this, he says, blessed, happy, fulfilled are those who are persecuted. Now, obviously this is very, this is a very counterintuitive statement, right? I mean, nobody is happy being persecuted. In fact, Jesus was persecuted. He was literally killed for his faith. So how can he say that people who are persecuted are blessed? Maybe to understand this, we need to really get what being persecuted means. Okay, so just so you know, I'm a sauce guy, okay? When I get food, I want all of the sauce that comes with it. An egg roll is incomplete without sweet and sour sauce. A hamburger must have condiments on it. Chicken strips without barbecue sauce and honey mustard. I mean, it's a straight up crime. And why would anyone ever eat French fries without a ton of ketchup? This last year, we ordered a lot of takeout food, probably like you, and I had this bad streak for a couple of weeks where, where multiple times my food order came wrong. It came without the delicious sauces that I had specifically requested. And every single time it happened, I was so disappointed. I felt like nobody cared about me. I felt like Charlie Brown kicking a football, like I was being persecuted for no reason. For some people, persecution is when things don't go your way. It's getting all peeps and no Reese's peanut butter cups in your Easter basket, or it's getting all Tootsie Rolls and black licorice for Halloween, or it's not getting the sauce you asked for in your food delivery order and not being able to eat your delicious spicy deluxe Chick-fil-A sandwich because what kind of monster could eat a spicy deluxe Chick-fil-A sandwich without at least a full packet of delicious Chick-fil-A sauce all over it? No one could do that. No one. 
Some people think that persecution is being forced to do something uh, by people in authority that they don't want to do. So, I mean, for example, uh, anybody live in a neighborhood that has a homeowners association, right? A homeowners association or an HOA, um, they have these super strict rules for what you can do with your, or can't do with your house so that no single person in the neighborhood can do something crazy like build a moat and, you know, and, and in doing so drive down the property values for everyone in the neighborhood. My sister lives in an HOA and they have crazy rules. They have rules about how long their grass can be, what color their house can be. Uh, they have rules about what kind of landscaping, what kind of bushes and plants they can have. There are rules literally about the types of window coverings they can use. They can't have blinds without curtains, and those curtains have to be a certain type and color. It's easy for us to feel that being inconvenienced, whether accidental or whether that inconvenience is, is forced, it's easy to feel like that's persecution for some people. There's other people who feel like um, persecution is when other people who aren't them gain more influence. So when Ghostbusters, the movie, was rebooted several years ago, it was remade with a female cast, and there was a lot of pushback from some men who were upset because they felt like women were taking away roles from men in action movies. Now, I know that because in an interview on a radio show called This American Life, one guy said, that's women saying that they want to take over male roles. They want to be men. Some people genuinely believe that this kind of loss of influence is persecution. But here's the thing. Being inconvenienced is not persecution. Losing influence isn't persecution. Persecution is a, is a campaign to attack, to oppress or destroy people because they're part of a religious or an ethnic or a social or a, or a racial group. But to really get at what Jesus is saying, there's one key word that I think we need to focus on and that's just found right in Matthew 5.10 because Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Righteousness is the key word here. Some people think persecution is when they are silenced on social media for acting like a jerk or for saying things that aren't true. But here's the thing, suffering the consequences of being rude isn't persecution. That's just life. We learned that in kindergarten. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness because their life is measured and defined by the fact that they have a right relationship with God and that, that they live accordingly. When we follow Jesus well, when we live a life that's defined by our rightness with God, it may lead us to some discomfort. And, and we've talked about um, what, what, it isn't, okay? We've talked about persecution, persecution isn't. Being inconvenienced, things not going your way, losing influence, the consequences of acting like a jerk. And, and even just when people don't like you, those aren't persecution. But if they aren't, then what is? Peter was one of Jesus's closest disciples and friends, and Peter watched Jesus and saw Jesus experience suffering. And Peter had, a, a, from his front row seat, wrote this about it. In 1 Peter 2.19, he said that God is pleased when conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. Of course you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. 
But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. So there's a couple things as it relates to persecution in here that I think we need to understand. If we are going to be the people who are comfortable in Jesus's kingdom, if we're gonna be the people who he describes as the kind of followers that he wants to see. And the first thing that I see here is this, is that, is that God blesses those who suffer for doing good. Say you are driving home today or summertime and you're speeding. Let's say you're, you're really speeding, right? You're cooking, you're going 30 miles over the speed limit when a cop pulls you over and he gives you a speeding ticket. You did something wrong and you paid the consequences for it. That's not persecution, it's just natural law. But Peter says that God is pleased when we, conscious of his will, endure unjust treatment. Which means this, that persecution is directly tied to the ways in which we follow Jesus with our lives. Specifically when we suffer for doing things that are good and right. Now, this is a little complicated because in some ways Christians, especially lately, have, have confused Jesus' definition of good with a cultural religious definition of good. During the COVID lockdowns last year, local governments put restrictions in place so that they could limit large groups of people and try to prevent the spread of the virus. And there was a large church in California that loudly and publicly refused to abide by those laws. They met in person with no social distancing. They refused to enforce mask mandates. And their pastor got up in front of his church, I saw the video, and he defiantly mocked and ridiculed both the restrictions and the leaders who put them in place. He mocked them as a violation of his church's rights. He believed that not allowing an American church to meet in the way that the American church thinks is good was persecution. But the sad thing is that isn't how Jesus thought. Jesus always put other people first. Jesus always subjugated his rights for the good of other people, for their rights, even when it caused him suffering. I mean, Jesus lived in an oppressive Roman-occupied world in which a lot of his rights were denied, but we never see him defying the government or its leaders. Jesus, he paid unjust taxes without complaint. He helped Roman soldiers, and he even made a Roman tax collector one of his, his closest disciples. Jesus disrupted the power structures of his day by caring for the powerless. There's literally no record of him provoking the government with really anything other than love and care for the poor and the oppressed. And when we manufacture persecution by inflaming our grievances, it's divisive, not Christ-like. To be like Jesus is to do what is good and to live like he did. And he didn't seek out persecution. It followed him because the way he loved people and what he taught were radical and different. And ironically, the people who persecuted Jesus, they did it because they were afraid of losing their influence. But God blesses those who live like Jesus lived and suffer for it. Second thing about persecution that we really see here is that God blesses those who endure patiently. Peter said that God is pleased when, conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. And then he shows us what that looks like 
by describing to us how Jesus endured when he suffered for us. First Peter 2, 22, he says, he never sinned. He never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Jesus was arrested. He was tortured, he was beaten, he was crucified. Even though he did nothing wrong, he'd only done good. And in all of that persecution, what did he do? The answer is nothing. He didn't fight back. He didn't confront his persecutors or scream and call them names. He didn't demand his rights or start a campaign to cancel anybody. He didn't retaliate or threaten revenge. He just left it to God. And he's calling us to do the same. I think a challenge for us in all this is that it can be hard to have perspective. Because in America, we have an unprecedented amount of religious freedom when compared to a majority of Christians throughout history, and even Christians around the world today. The 250 years of First Amendment rights that we have in America to worship as we please, it would have been absolutely unheard of to nearly every other Christian who has ever lived outside of our little experience. And as a result, we may have a skewed view of what it looks like to, to suffer for your faith. So let me share with you the story of Kirti. She's a Christian woman in India, and I think her story might help give us some perspective on what it means to suffer for Jesus and why Jesus would call those who suffer for him blessed by God. When I became a Christian, my village turned against me. I no longer belong. But I continue to worship Jesus. And many others believe. But they always found out. And this would us no mercy. What you get for following Jesus, they said. I never thought they would take my husband and the father of my children. But God's ways are not our ways. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away.
We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. for us to relate to this, I think, because we've never been hunted down or literally suffered in our bodies for our faith in Jesus. And maybe we never will. But I know this, the kingdom of God will be full of people who were willing to lay down their rights and privileges to follow Jesus and do good in this world. It will be full of those who never raised their voices or hands in retaliation or revenge to the wrongs that they faced. Blessed are those who live as if persecution is part of following Jesus and respond with loving and patient endurance. We can do that by always remembering what Jesus did as Peter goes on to describe. In 1 Peter 2 verse 24, he says that he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. I realize that this is a strange message to hear today, especially if you aren't a follower of Jesus. I've spent this, this whole time talking about the objectively bad things that can happen to those who follow Jesus, while at the same time inviting you to come and be part of it. But every good thing that's available to us in Jesus is because he personally carried our sins to the cross where he died with them so we could live, so we could be free, so we could be healed, so we could be whole. Kirti in India is willing to walk the hardest road any of us could experience and imagine because of this fact. And Jesus' death and resurrection are not just escape from an old way of living, but an entry into an entirely new and better way, the Jesus way. You see, she has the same hope that we have, that because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have life. We have life in him here and now, and we have life in him in eternity someday. Jesus' death and resurrection is powerful enough to cause his followers in the first century to be willing to suffer and die for it because it is the ultimate hope. And that resurrection is doing the same for people across the world today. And you can have a hope that is greater than anything that you could suffer here. In fact, there's nothing you could go through that could dim the power and the light of that hope when you embrace it and invite it in.
So today, if you are not a follower of Jesus, today the invitation is open for you to turn to a new shepherd, to a a guardian of your soul, to live a new life with new purpose, a life where you gain everything and yet somehow are willing to lose everything at the same time. And if you are a follower of Jesus, remember this, you are not a victim. You are part of a kingdom that is worth suffering to keep, where its citizens lay down their weapons instead of picking them up to fight because our certainty is in God who always judges fairly. You may never suffer like Kirti and the millions around the world like her, but you can let Jesus make your heart like hers, patient, enduring, confident in your God. And may we all be people who carry in us the qualities Jesus describes in the Beatitudes, the characteristics he sees in his closest followers. And as we do, May we all live the happiest, the fullest, the most purposeful, and the most blessed lives possible. Thanks again for joining us today. If you want to learn more about us as a church, get connected, need prayer, or anything else at all, head over to our website, compassbn.com.